Today is among days a day. And God has a purpose. And that purpose will surely be accomplished in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's a new day. Blessed be the name of the Lord who reigns forever and ever and ever. He's the reason why we are here this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want to take about 10 minutes to open us up to something before I do the teaching of the morning. All within the time frame given to me. Amen. If for any reason I go beyond it, you should understand. Hallelujah. Now every month we declare themes. It's just done on us this morning to address that issue. Do we really understand why we declare themes every month? Do we understand the relevance of it? And do we make ourselves available to enjoy the fruits of the themes that we declare every month? Do we have the right attitude towards it? By the grace of God, where we were raised, I, I dare say without any doubt that the de declaration of theme for the month emanated from there. by reason of a revelation that God gave to his servant, the bishop. And I say something every time, the difference between the one who saw and the one who heard is always different. Very, very, it's a big gap. The one who saw, seeing what God has said, and you tell somebody, and the person, the person cannot be the same as you, until that person drinks into what you saw. It has become a fashion now and not a reality in many places. And I don't want our place here to become like the latter. We should understand why the themes are declared and the kind of attitude we must really adopt. Can you give us um, Revelation 22 and verse 2, please? Hallelujah. Now, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were up for the healing of the nations. In the midst of the street of which that is talking about the heavenly Jerusalem and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bear 12 manner of fruits 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit her fruit every month and the leaves 
of the tree were for the healing of the nations. That's the latter part or the, the very last part of the, of the scripture is what many, many prophets in Ghana know very well. So many of them are into herbal medicine now. If you go to Kumasi, it is, it is a normal thing. You know, that's where things generate and then they come to Accra. Is that almost all the prophets and God showed me a leaf and God showed me a tree. Everybody's preparing something and they quote this scripture. And the ones who are selling these, these things in the vehicles, this is a scripture they quote, the last part. And the leaves of the tree are meant for the healing of the nations. The tree of life is what we receive when we get born again. It is eternal life. The life of God that has the capacity to undo everything the enemy does in our lives has the capacity. When you go to Genesis chapter 2, you will find the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And man missed that one when man entered into sin. And you remember that it was protected heavily after the fall of man. So that the man will not go back with his sin and go and eat that fruit and have a perpetuating sin all over the place. Of course, he would not have been able to eat it anyway. It cannot be taken by the sinner. So those of you who are abusing grace and thinking because of grace you can do whatever you want to do. Change your attitude. You are, you are enemies of God. You don't, you don't love him. You don't like the words I use. I like using things like this, statements like this, so that you'll be angry. It is my program in life. I do it whether on the pulpit or outside. When I want you to change, I say things that will pain your heart, sincerely. That even when you are asleep, you wake up. In your dream, you will sit here. You are not a friend of God if because of grace you double into sin. You are not. You hate him. But if he loved you so much to make grace available to you, can't you love him back? To respect his cause. And you claim to be born again and yet you are in sin and you have no fear at all. There's no fear in you. No regret, nothing. And when we talk, we say you've been forgiven. And the forgiveness is unto eternity. So you can do whatever you want to do. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are who? The sons of God. It's the sons who manifest the glory of God. So if, if you have been held captive by sin, it's important for you to understand today that you have the power on your inside to push away sin from your life. Completely away from your life. I'm not ready to pamper anybody. The truth is that you and sin have nothing in common. The sin does not have dominion over our lives because of the new birth. 
The power of God on the inside overcomes sin at all times. But if, if you sin lying down and, and, and smiling and speaking in tongues, when you know you are a complete stark sinner, a practitioner of sin, you have become a disgrace to the kingdom. Hello? Are, you, are we together? Yeah. Oh, but sin can come to anybody. Yes, sin knocks on everybody's door. Everybody's door, sin knocks every day. If you like every second, inviting you for a time of pleasure, you are the one to say no. There is no accidental sin. Are you hearing me? There is nothing called accidental sin. It was an accident. What was an accident? It crossed your mind and you arrested it. And you chose to do it. It's not, it's not anything. Did you hear what Akan said? Akan said, I, I, I saw. And I coveted. I lusted after it. And I took it. It's a process. It's a process. So the man in your office that you want to pull down, it's not an accident. It's a deliberate thing that you are doing. Premeditated. And you are working it out gradually, gradually, gradually. When you are caught, he said it was the devil. And Satan too, he doesn't have relatives. No one to fight for him. Because nobody likes him. Hallelujah. What we are saying is this. When you get born again, God gives you eternal life by his spirit. It's inside you. It is the power of resurrection. It swallows death. It takes care of every sickness and disease that the enemy may plant in your life. There is nothing that he plants there that cannot be taken care of by eternal life that is at work in you. Right. Now, that tree is meant for our benefit. It bears 12 different kinds of fruits in a year. And it releases every month a fruit. Every month a fruit. That was the insight God gave to that man of God who began this thing and was criticized in Nigeria. But you see, the scripture says, let God be true and all men be what? Liars. When you hear God, there is nothing that will stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Nothing except you. You have understanding of this truth. Why are we talking about health? One man said health, health, health. Another man said prosperity. Does it mean that we shift from one to the other? No. We are giving you the opportunity to go very deep into a particular foot of your salvation and have understanding so it becomes a way of life for you. That's the idea. Now, as an individual, there's something you do in life. I have my projects. I have my projects. I can decide that this one year, my project is to explore what love is. I did one like that in 2003, and it changed my life completely. I bought a new Bible, and I said, this year, it is love. 
and program myself for love. That's my personal emphasis for the year. It wasn't for the church. I did not announce it in the church. It was me. I bought books and kept on trying to understand what this issue of love is all about. At the end of the day, I got to see the secret of love and it changed my attitude. I can be angry with you, talk to you anyhow I want to talk to you. You are not my enemy. I can shout on you. It is not you are not. It is because of the work I'm doing that you want to destroy us why I shout on you. It's not a problem. I don't have any problem with you. We are not competing for anything. My wife is my wife. You can't have her. Whether you like it or not, you cannot have her. So there's no competition anywhere. But for this work and for your benefit, when you are going off, I will shout. And this is where people who follow me, who want to do what I do, have problems. But I'm not talking out of malice. I am talking from a particular point of view. My, the next person to me in Kaduna in those days, uh, a friend, I came to Ghana and he was handling, we, have, we had some very powerful pastors over there at that time. It wasn't easy to handle them. We needed all the wisdom in heaven to do it. So he sent a message to me here. He said, come and take your people. They want to beat me. <laughs> They'll beat you. One young man in Kumasi several years ago shouted at, on someone in the church and the person held him. And said, but, but I, I heard Pastor Fusi say the same thing to you now. He said, are you Pastor Fusi? So the guy came to me. He said, tell me the secret. I said, I don't hate anybody. I don't like what people do. It's a different thing from hatred. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you see, when you hate someone, everything the person does is wrong. That's the angle from which you look at the person. And that's why I keep on saying that don't have any particular view of a person. Don't wear a particular spectacle. This one is for Mr. A. So everything he does is wrong. No. So you see me shouting on someone, the next moment we are laughing and going. Because I got something from that one. It's because of love that God has tolerated all of us till now. With all our disappointments and the things that we do, love cannot permit him to do otherwise. His nature is love. And if you say you're a child of God, then you must conform to that image. So that is what I did for myself. And that's what I keep on doing for myself. Every year, I have my focus. But for us as a congregation, we are looking at certain things in the Bible every month. And what is required is this. You are expected to hit the revelational dimension of a particular subject and now become a channel to send same to other people. The rest of the world are waiting for you to come up with what you have received. So if you say in this, is a, in this month, I am empowered in my body, <laughs> you must go beyond talking. You must do what? You go beyond talking. You, you devote your time and your considerations and your prayers and everything on that particular thing. The declaration must become your focus. When I make reference to Nigeria, it's not because of anything, but that is where I found Christ. That is where I grew up. That is where I entered into ministry. That is where I have a following. 
There's nothing you can do about that one. One day you'll be looking for me, you won't find me. I'm not traveling where I've gone back home. That's what I call it. I call that place my home. Don't get offended because you're a Ghanaian. I'm also a Ghanaian. I have a home. I have a home. I've been there for so many years. As soon as I finished national service, I went to Nigeria. And so that is why I worked. I'd never worked in Ghana before. I only came to work in Ghana as a minister of the gospel. Also. They don't joke with a theme for the month. And you will discover in that month testimonies upon testimonies, not because of the prayer of the pastor, but because people paid attention to what was said and they applied their hearts to that thing. They use it to greet. It's not because we have mentioned the theme now. As some of you here, if I should ask you now, what's the theme for the month? You blame COVID. <laughs> Friends, but you see, we are in this business for profit. That also. We are believers for what? Profit. Where is our profit? That we, our lives may please him. The one who called us. And when our lives please him, then he will also attend to our needs. So I want you to have an understanding and a particular perspective. If we declare a theme for the month and you have any challenge, your pastors are there. Ask them, what is this thing about? If by the end of the month, you don't have a testimony, it means you did not apply your heart to wisdom in that area. No insult here. Applying your heart to wisdom is doing what is right. That's what, what it means. You are doing what is right. Now, so, so I, I'm empowered. What must I do? If I'm really empowered, what must I do to ensure that this power that is inside me finds expression on the outside? I was talking to one of us this morning, and I said, you have, you have, you have tea. That some of you, you don't, you, no, you don't like tea. You like um, um, chocomilo, um, milo, all these beverages. Over thing, you you heap one tablespoon, two tablespoonfuls, three tablespoons, and it's almost half of the cup. And you top the half of the cup with some little water, and you now go to add milk and add sugar. My God. Okay, but when you start drinking, with all this input inside, you are not. It's not sweet. What's happening? It is wisdom for you to understand that there's an instrument called spoon. An instrument called what? Spoon. That is already by your side. So take that spoon, stir it, and then taste again a difference. If you don't use a spoon, you will get to the base of your concoction. And there you, you begin to blame yourself. What is the meaning of this? You know all the sugar there under this now and I and the sofa. That's how it is. You get to a point of had I known. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Had I known. They say it is always at last. Actually, it's irrecoverable. You cannot bring it back. You can't. So you now do suffer to gain. 
you suffered, taking about one-eighth of the substance, and then the last minute, if it's sugar you are drinking, it's no longer a beverage. Is that pure sugar? So it, it, then you should have put the thing inside your mouth, add the, 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 the sugar, add the, uh, put milk inside, your mouth becomes your everything. Then you drink. Correct. There has to be a stirring for you to enjoy the fullness of it. You are not empty. You have the power of God. You have eternal spirit of God at work in you. Eternal life is there in you. You are so prepared. And so, you know, this young man said, I'm full of matter. What's the name of that guy? In Job, there's one young man there. Elihu. He said, I am full of matter. That he was about to burst. You are full of matter. The God nature is on your inside. That has made you a winner at all times. What do we have to do? Let us bring it out. Let's provoke it. Let us tear it up. That is what we are doing in this month. Amen. And I said something to my wife. I said, my joy beginning from me to you over there is this. That we don't even know when sickness comes because we have a mechanism on our inside that deals with it. As soon as it knocks, it says, what's the meaning? What are you looking for? He said, I want to say, say, come. Come. Why and how can you be so bold? Come because I will swallow you up easily. That, that is what we want to see. That we rise beyond, hello, pastor. Pastor, if you don't come, if you don't come, I'm dying. Pastor, if you don't come, two o'clock in the night. Your pastor also has things he must do in the house, responsibilities in the house. I say you should leave those ones and come and look for you at two o'clock. What is the matter, stomach ache? Stomach what? Me hoya me basa basa basa. If you don't feel okay in your body on the outside, you, you have a shower. Is that also? So if there's something wrong on the inside, have a shower on the inside. And that comes by the Spirit of God. It's not when that thing begins to happen, they are looking for what to read. We want to stuff ourselves with sufficient power and glory. That we know how to turn it on. Do what? Turn it on. That's a purpose. For every single thing that we pronounce over here. That's what God believes that we should look at. As one will mention, do I pay attention to these things? They say, give you, they give you scriptures, read them, meditate on them, and let there be a change, an addition to your glory. Amen. I feel there's a need for, for me to talk about this kind of thing briefly, and then we'll continue. All right. Last Sunday, I mentioned a few things, laid the foundation for the month. And uh, I talk about the power of resurrection that is on your inside there. And then on Thursday, Pastor took one of the one of the case studies. We have about, about 12 or more case studies that we want to look at so that we can understand the concept for the month. And we shall be doing that as the Lord will help us to do. And every month we want to take, under, take note of what we are sharing. 
and make it work for you. Listen, friends. People can pray for you. But because of you, the prayers cannot work for you. Amen. Now we have made demons so important. We have made Satan so important. As if uh, without, without, he's the one reason why we are not doing what we are doing. It's a lie. We are the ones. And I will emphasize that one over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. Darkness and light cannot abide in one place. It is not possible. So when demons are troubling you, check your light level. Very simple. Check what? Yes. Check the intensity of your light. Before they use you as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, a, a prayer project, they twist your head and push you down and nothing happens. But you can be the one to be blessing people. Not every time people are coming to attend to you. Today is your stomach. The next day is my head. It's as if somebody is using hammer. Nobody has time for your head. To not carry hammer, begin to break your head because they can't even get what is inside. After breaking your head, they can't get anything from it. You understand? It's just like you pull somebody down from his office. You don't become the one to replace the person. So it's a waste of effort. I have brought it by you. So, be a director. I always say, every single day, I'll just follow him. I'll follow him. I'll follow him. Any error I see, I'll put it down. So I can report him. They will, bring, they will remove him from that place. Okay, when they do, will they put you there? Will you become a director? No? So what did you gain? You would have been a blessing to that person if you had called the person to sit him down and say, you are behaving stupidly. You are not helping God. I'm telling you, if you are not careful, one day they will sack you. One day they sack you, don't tell me. You have, you have done well. My chemistry teacher was telling the junior students, those who will make Division One and the rest in those days in secondary school, and he didn't mention my name. So my younger cousin was in the class. He started crying. After the, the when we went on break, she came to me crying. I said, what's happening? Somebody beat you? She said, no. He said, Mr. Engman mentioned those who get uh, uh, Division One, Grade One, and he didn't mention your name. And somebody asked him about me. The man said, if it were two years before now, I would have mentioned his name, but now, no. Then he asked him, have you seen any from five students going for dance, do, uh, what do you call it? Is it Jamboree they do, they call it? Saturday entertainment, dance. I was the only person in from five who would go and be dancing. And I would dance from beginning to the end. They would change my shirt for me. So in his own estimation, I was going to fail. But when I was told, I went to Mr. Eggman. I said, I, I came to thank you. He said, he said what, what's the reason? I said, I'm, I'm thank you very much. I, I was told that he said I will not get grade one. I came to thank you and let you know that I'll be there. I was not a believer. But that man's observation, that which he said over there, helped me a lot. In the secret, I knew what he was saying was true. I had to sit back and work. So somebody tells you, you are not doing right. Thank God for the person. And don't fight that person. 
Amen. Don't pull the person down. Go and confront the person. You can do better than you are doing. My headmaster went for my result. He looked at me. He said, what do you want here? I said, I came for my results. He said, get out. What's happening? See, you were disappointed. I have been told by somebody that had grade one, and you are saying that I should, I should, I should get out. Say you were disappointed. You were supposed to have had distinction. That's what he told me. I said, this man, what are you talking about? Somebody got three. Somebody didn't even pass. What are you talking about? Just read the thing for me. Let me go back. <laughs> but you see, in the man's estimation, I underestimated myself. I could have done better. Maybe if you had spoken to me early on, it would have helped me. That's all we are talking about here. So you are a leader. Somebody tells you what you are doing is wrong. Forget about the language the person used. Analyze what the person said and then go back and talk next time when you are talking to me, please, I beg you in the name of Jesus, use good language. But the information you brought was good. God bless you. And that's all you are going ahead. Right. I expect to see some great things, but don't come and fabricate testimonies to make me happy. Did you hear me? When we say we want to hear testimonies, don't go and cook any and come and serve me with that one. It will be full of poison. And the Holy Ghost will help me to understand what you are doing. I want every one of us to go beyond hearing. Go into meditation. Study the Bible very well. Every scripture that is used for prayer and for anything, write them down. If at my level I write down prayers, prayer points that people, church members who are, I'm supposed to be their leader, they write, they write, they want to, I'll write those things down. We were praying in the office this morning. I saw pastor writing some things down. You want to go high? Humble yourself. You don't know anything yet. Don't let the school you attended confuse you. Are you hearing me? If you want to have testimonies, you must be a man of the books. A man of what? All right, let me just add a few things to what I said on Sunday. Right. Amen. I'm acting as a pastor this morning, not a teacher. Because your welfare is very important to me. Amen. It will be so disarming if all we do is to come and talk and go away and we don't have any proof of what we are talking about. It's, it's, not, it's not encouraging at all. Amen. All right. So take note of that scripture we read, and then you can also go and read Ezekiel 47. You read from verse 1 all the way to 9. You understand some things we are talking about here. You are the ones who carry the prophets for others. The nations are waiting for you. You are the one to get. And you cannot give what you, what you don't have. Amen. Remain blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5. A body has thou prepared for me. O Lord. Wherefore when he cometh into the world he said. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body has thou prepared for me. A prepared body. I pray that I will not, I will not be seen as um, speaking dangerous things. 
So I'm talking about the prepared body. The what? Prepared body. The prepared body is the empowered body. A body that has the Holy Ghost in it. A spirit soaked. A spirit soaked body. But he feasts. Where he expresses. A body. But a body. When you called on my sins that you had ever committed, dominions to look, but something happened in the realm of the spirit. A whole new package came up. I heard somebody saying that we were redeemed. We were not redeemed though. We were lost. And he found us. We were not his before. Yet we were created by him. We were not part of Israel. We were wayward people called Gentiles. And Christ came. And the Jews rejected him. The day they stoned Stephen to death. That was the day. That what the prophecy Christ gave in one of the parables that he gave came to pass. From the time they stoned him, then the gospel was sent to the Gentiles. A man was appointed and commissioned to carry this thing to the Gentiles. That's how he got to us here. One day we'll teach on that one. So you 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 hold firm. The opportunity that God has given to you and I. This careless attitude in our Christian life will stop it. We are only engrafted to the tree. We have the time. A time is going to come when you can't repent again. Let's put that one off for another day. In that parable, Jesus said a man had a vineyard and gave it out to and for undertakers to do whatever they would do with it. And then he would come for his fruits. He sent servants, they beat and killed them. And he said, let me send my son. Maybe they will, they will respect this one. They took him out of the garden and killed him. And then Jesus asked, what do you think the man would do? And somebody came up with a statement. He would take it from them and give to someone who would be more careful. We are the ones. Praise God. There's so much to know. As we keep on studying many, many, many things that we need to know. We are not the same as those in Israel. We are not the same. In fact, we are different. We are the spiritual Israelites. Our matter is very different. And we must be careful. The opportunity has given to us, we must make sure we embrace it well and use it. Now, Jesus was born conceived of the Spirit and was baptized and the Holy Ghost came upon him. He was full of the Holy Ghost 
And then he was led by the Spirit of God in everything that he did. He was a man about a prepared body. And you and I, the day we got born again, we were given a body. You were baptized in the Holy Ghost and you began to speak in tongues. That put you at the same level with Christ. But he was conscious of who he was. However, we are not conscious of who we are. When Snatchy brought out that song, I know who I am. Yeah, we sing that one with joy, but do we really understand it? Is it real in our lives? Yeah, I know who I am. Do you really know who we are? Jesus knew who he was. I and the Father are what? One. They said blasphemy. He said it's normal. It's normal. He is my Father. My Father and I, we are one. What's your problem? They could not understand it. And we find it very difficult. Maybe it's a sin to say that we and the Father are one. Why? Because we know we don't measure to his level. We are not conscious of who we are. That's the difference. You are full of matter. Whatever you need to be in life is inside you. Everything. Everything. As I keep on studying scriptures, I come to understand that I've got some wasted years. Some what? Wasted years that I don't want you to suffer what I suffered. We didn't pay attention to the truth that came to us at various points in our lives as believers. There are many, many things I'm discovering from God's word. That if we had paid attention to these things, we would have been better than we are now. There should be no wasted years in your life. It is not an act of pride to say that you and Jesus are the same. It is not pride. You are the same, but you are growing. Hello? An infant and an adult, are they not human beings? A child that is born yesterday and the one who is 17 years old, they are the same how they are human beings. But in expression, the one who is 70 may show more of the nature of a human being than the one that has just been born. So the person is growing. That's the only reason why we can say that you are still on God's mind because you are growing into fullness of what he had programmed you to be. But it's not wrong for you to say that you and Jesus Christ are the same. How he was born is what you have been born. You say you have a mother. That was when you came into the world. Your mother brought you into this world. But when you entered that world, it was your mother. It's not my father that gave birth to me. My father gave birth to me. But I was the one that brought him to this world. Where we are now. In this kingdom. So in this kingdom, that old man is my son. Yes. He will now have to learn to grow. He didn't finish before he died. But my joy is that he got born again. So you are growing. And you must be conscious of the fact that you are a human being who is growing into maturity. You are growing. You will make many mistakes. But be conscious of one thing. 
that just as Christ learned how to crawl and to walk and how to run, that's how you are also learning. So you don't give up on yourself. It is our responsibility, those of us who God has appointed as leaders to whip you here and there. No, as for the whipping, we'll whip you. I've discovered that the, this, um, um, what do you call it, the, this whip, um, um, the cane, is not effective. It's not. Koboko, the leather one. And then you put some, uh, some bones. And when it hits you, it leaves a mark on your body. You remember it the next day. And that is what we'll be using. Are we slaves? No. You're not all. You are not slaves at all. Slaves? Never. Ha! How can anybody say you are a slave? It is just that you are not living to capacity. That's the issue now. Eh? I told you one day, God told me like this. He said, you have not done anything for me. Me? God. It's not because you are God. <laughs> I would have asked you some questions and maybe get angry. But he said, you have not done anything for me. I wept and wept and wept throughout the night like a baby. And I was asking him, how and what do you mean? And he began to tell me some things. That's the reason why I cannot stop studying the word of God. And examining my roots. Until the day the Lord will call me to himself. I cannot. You are full of matter to matter in life. Full of matter to matter in life. That you will make you do exploits. That people will look at it and they will say, This is just God. It is just what? God. It's only God who can do this kind of thing. Now you see, you should know who you are and press on to grow. So growth doesn't come by accident. Growth is programmed. It is what? Programmed. You bring it into being. So Jesus kept on going forward. Now at one point, God said concerning him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. At another point, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. That was another level. I call that one sonship metamorphosis. And then the son came up one day and said, all power in heaven on an earth are given to me. Wonderful. What did he go through? And then we are told in Philippians chapter 2 from 5 going, this man was obedient and humble unto death, even the death on the cross, whereby God also has highly done what? Exalted him. And give me a name that's above every name that when they mention that name, every knee must bow. And every tongue must confess the glory of God the Father. To the glory of his Father, not himself. He grew to the process. And we must go to the process. The prepared body is there, but we must work on that prepared body and allow the juice in it to flow out and be a blessing to people. We can't afford to remain the way we are all through. That prepared body has no time to attend to sickness and diseases. 
that prepared body is too busy for the kingdom of God. And because the fruitful branch is what? A fruitful branch, God himself takes the responsibility of pruning any sickness that can be cast that thing off. Whatever growth, he removes it. If there's pain, he takes it away. Why? Because you are very, 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 very important to him. Glory to God. Born a man but empowered by God, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. John 10 and 38. Empowered him by the Spirit of God. And you have the Spirit of God on your inside. It is not just for show. It is not for show. The presence of the Holy Ghost is not for you to show off. It is for you to live as a Christian, as one who is a child of God, above board, showing your victorious dimensions everywhere you go. It's not that uh, you pray for somebody or that the tongue that you are speaking is a very wonderful tongue. There are some tongues when you hear, you know that they're. And then they'll be, they'll be going, they'll be going. Have you heard train moving before? They enter the train dimension. And before you know, the helicopter dimension comes in. Now, all those things, you can manifest them. But if you, your life is not affecting people, you are yet to grow. Let them come and ask you, why is there every epidemic that we have seen, you are not affected? Let them come and ask you that one. Why are you not affected? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. And the person would say, I don't know. That's the answer. Because he didn't really see when it came. As we become more and more relevant to God, he keeps on pruning, taking away the things that will destroy us, the things that will impede our progress, the things that will not allow us to serve him the more. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 30, So the prince of this world cometh. The prince of this world, that's what? Cometh. He said, but he has no part in me. There is nothing in me that he, that he has. I am not connected to him. He won't find what he's looking for in me. I'm above that one. And he knew all men, so he didn't give himself to any. Jesus. Can I say so? Yes, we can if we allow ourselves to go through the process of empowerment by the Spirit of God. You will be able to say this. It comes by discovery. And discovery comes through meditation. When meditation comes, revelation follows, and you have discovered something. And whatever you discover, you become a champion of valley. He called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And the scriptures cannot be broken. So any scripture that you receive and internalize, that becomes part of your spirit, you become a champion over that situation. So you can boldly say, I cannot be sick. Because you have hit something. So when you hear somebody say, I cannot be sick, find out where the person is coming from. But you don't go and say, I cannot be sick, and you go to sleep. You must be a savior 
that is coming from Zion. He said, Upon my Zion there shall be what? Deliverance. And what again? And what? And holiness. And what? They, will, they possess their possessions. That's the ones we like. And then we stop there. The next verse says, And Savior shall rise up from Zion. And you are supposed to be one of them. All we are looking for is the possession of possessions. Possessing of possessions. So one possession after the other, and we are going and we are massing, and we don't even know what to keep them. When the world is waiting for you, your business will prosper excessively when you are very, 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 very much giving to the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about giving money. You've given your life to the kingdom. Your kingdom, your service will make your own business to prosper. Because he gets involved. If we come to understand some of these things, we'll be careful. We'll know how to manage. I've told you that your business is your ministry. It is supposed to give glory to God. That's why you shouldn't be cheating. You want to make it because you want to make it big. You are cheating people. You are making people die. You are stealing people's money that came from their blood. That's the one you are stealing. You are using cunningness, a tribute of the devil, to begin to do things. Cunningness is not of God, it's from the devil. You come up with lies. That makes you a son of the devil. Oh. Why? Why? Why are you looking at me like that? John chapter 8 and verse 44. I'm not the one saying this thing now. Is there inside? That when you lie, you are speaking the language of your father, the devil, who has been a, a liar and a murderer from the very beginning. Uh-huh. You of your father, the devil. He was telling the, the, the Jewish elders, and the desires of your father, <laughs> you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because he doesn't have it. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. It's normal. For he's a liar and the father of it. Do you now realize why you must not lie? You are manifesting sonship of the devil. Hello? You don't like it, but that's how it is. Now you say so there's a lie called white lie. You better come with green one because Hallelujah. Amen. Take these three things. I'll continue with this message anytime there's opportunity. Jesus operated by the Holy Spirit. He was the word that studied and meditated on the word. He was a man of prayer with fastings. And he walked in love. Four things. The Holy Spirit, 
as your guardian leader word study the word of God meditate on the word of God and let it become part of your spirit pray with fastings and walk in love these four things will help you to manifest that empowered body you carry and many many more things that would emanate from the four so take time and think on all the four and start studying around them and bring that notes that will help you and help other people i'll be very excited for you to come with a revelation and tell me this what the lord told me when i was studying this thing i'll be very very excited may the spirit of the lord continue to groom you and bring the best out of you that your salvation be not a wasted thing in the name of jesus christ and because your body is full of power i decree that every sickness that appears to be hiding somewhere in your body and every organ that appears to be afflicted by the enemy today that same thing be taken out of the way and then you begin to see freshness in your life in the name of jesus christ you heard it on thursday if he brought lazarus out of the dead when you're always thinking that is your case it's nothing for him to handle so the holy ghost at work in you brings you out of the cave of death in the name of jesus christ that is your portion and there is nothing anybody can do about it you have a prepared body you are meant to show forth life in the name of jesus thank you and god bless you